Hey guys, I'm back. So I haven't really been recording much. Um, and it's just based on after I had a, um, a conversation that really kind of bothered me, still bothers me to this day, but I will muster through it. So it's Sunday, April 11th, 2021. And for whatever reason, this subject just really, it hurts. It hurts really deep. So uh, I made a post about a conversation I had. Uh, It was a, a conversation about George Floyd. And um, it was a thought post that read that George Floyd died of a lack of oxygen from being pinned face down on the pavement with his hands cuffed behind him a medical expert testified Thursday at former officer Derek Chavon's murder trial and it, it also goes on to say like uh, like the the headline of the actual article is expert uh, colon, lack of oxygen, oxygen killed Floyd, not drugs or a bad heart. So a lot of people have asserted, especially on the right, that George Floyd didn't die because the officer put their knee or put his knee on his neck. George, George Floyd died of a, a drug overdose. I actually did, um, a previous podcast, um, just completely shattering that myth because, um, the fire department declared that George Floyd was dead before he was put into the ambulance. That's uh, well documented. And the people who are asserting this say, oh, he was alive when he was put in the ambulance. That's not true. And that he died of a fentanyl overdose. Um, and I explained that, well, when you overdose on drugs, it's when the drugs are the most potent. Not It wouldn't have happened. A drug overdose doesn't happen later on. Um, because drugs dissipate in your system. And so it doesn't make sense that they would draw those types of conclusions, but it's also, you know, people speculate a lot and they don't really research what they're talking about to even understand the plausibility of what they're stating. So anyway, it's like, um, so my first comment on that comment string was, and it was very disturbing Because I was looking at how many people laugh because, you know, normally, you know, you see the responses, people like, love, whatever. But there are a lot of where there was a laughing emoji. So I literally looked in the um, in to see how many people laughed. And I was shocked. That's like 50 people. I looked down the whole thing. There's like 50 people who laughed at this. And I'm like, wow. So my comment was the amount of people who laughed at this headline is beyond disturbing. I hope all of you are subjected to being handcuffed with your hands held behind you while someone puts their knee on your neck, all caps, since it's so darn funny that a man was murdered. So um, the first person to respond to me said a lot of people, a lot of people saw the whole video. I was like, yeah, you know. Um, So someone responded to me stating that, Didette Brooks, one was not 
one was not on the neck. Body cam footage shows this. And also, uh, Steven Crowder had a knee on, on place on the same to prove it does not inhibit breathing. <laughs> and so I don't know what that person's trying to say. It's like some people, I don't think they reread what they write. So it's just it's incohesive. I mean, it's incoherent. All right. And so um, somebody responded to that person and said, can we demonstrate on you? And the person said, sure. Um, another person responded to me, to me saying, you see what you want to see. The man was on drugs and sky high on whatever. What that cop did was wrong. No getting around that. But the guy was no good. And I think that was the comment that really kind of got to me. The guy was no good and you know it. I'm like, you don't know it. Why are you making the declaration that George Floyd was a guy that who was no good? Because he had a counterfeit bill that he probably didn't know he had. And um, as a, cash, a cashier... If I encountered a counterfeit, I just would refuse to take it. I'm not sure why that cashier was not trained to do that. But thank God here they train cashiers to refuse to take the money if it's found to be counterfeit. That's a very simple way to de-escalate any kind of issue um, when it comes to counterfeit bills. It's like you don't take it and you ask them for a different form of payment. I mean, duh. So he says, but the guy was no good and you know it. It was unfortunate, but that the, but that the chance to take when you're a drug dealer and you won't obey the laws. Nobody said he was drug dealer. I mean, this is just whatever. So, so my response to this guy was, so when a white person has an opioid, opioid addiction, it's a health crisis, all caps. But when a black man has an addiction, he's a criminal. Please explain how you rationalize that difference in your heart and in your mind. You should feel ashamed for not realizing how prejudiced that assertion is when the whole world was positioning, positioning op opioid addiction as a health crisis. Um... So again, this is another part. It's the same guy who, for whatever reason, his responses really hurt me. To me, I feel like they just hurt. He says, so now you're going to play the race card. That sounds about right. I have been waiting for that. Instead of, instead of admitting that Floyd was no good and it was an unfortunate thing that happened, I really hope that cop gets what he deserves. But no, you had to play the race card. I suppose that you feel that you're entitled. You're entitled also. So it's just, it, it's very um, draining at this point to continue to hear people constantly say that we're playing some type of card because it's undermining um, the fact that this is something that it's almost like, it's like, it's like you know, um, somebody just telling you something isn't real. And that we're just, I'm just, you know, black people are just using an excuse. And it's so far from the truth. I mean, was Jim Crow, like, did Jim Crow ever happen? Did slavery ever happen? Did Emmett Till ever happen? It's, it's almost like 
by t telling us we're playing the race card, it's as if they're trying to erase away all of the history that we know about racism in this country. It's like, it's so obvious that racism is a problem, but now they try to be condescending to those of us who are intelligent enough to assert the fact that we know that this is true, but they continue to tell us it's a lie, just like the Colin Kaepernick uh, issue where, you know, taking a knee suddenly became something about the flag and soldiers when it was really about police brutality and requesting that our flag honor its promise to every citizen. Um, but of course, you can twist the truth in any way, shape, form that you like to fit your own narrative, and that's unfortunate. And so, um, so I really felt kind of bothered by that comment. So someone, is that him? Let's see, his name is Bob Elder. But, you know, people, you know, there's not enough people listening to these podcast for it even to make a difference so i'll say their names and to hell with it so this guy his name is bob elder and he says again his family wanted nothing to do with him when he was alive because they knew he was no good but now that there's money involved how they come out of the woodwork and he's now just pulling shit out of his ass i've never heard anything close to that how do you know how his family feels and even if there are reports, how do you know that that assertion is even true? So um, now he's addressing me. I guess he was, there's other people talking to him on this comment string. So he made this, that last comment he just made in general. And then now he's addressing me. He goes, Danette Brooks, then be smart and stay away from the drugs unless you are that weak. And so... Um, So I'm going to go to this comment. He goes, if you idiots would stay out of trouble and, and only the laws, you wouldn't have to worry about getting handcuffed or the police getting rough with you. That's another triggering kind of a thought process. Um, and so somebody else said, we all know you want to use a different word than idiots. Exactly. And so, um, and I told, I told that guy exactly. All the white people label him a criminal who deserved it. And it's just the saddest reality we live in. They'd say the same thing about me. How would they feel if the world treated them as if their lives didn't matter? And if they die horrible, excruciating deaths, then no one should feel bad for them since this is how they feel about us. So I, I was really kind of... Um, done with that conversation I actually turned off the notifications after making this last statement only because for some strange reason this really triggered me it really kind of put me in a bad place and after experiencing this conversation I literally couldn't stop crying I just couldn't stop crying every time I go back to it I can't stop crying so my last comment on this comment string was I don't think people even realize how painful it is to experience the callousness of white people. It's like living in an era where they may feel like they wouldn't mind hanging us from trees. It's a real traumatizing feeling and I hope people really understand what it feels like to be a black person in this country. I know this will fall on deaf ears, 
but I'm turning off the notifications to this post because it just feels like all the white people are coming to my comment string to launch their attacks against me. I'm not participating in that. So I put the screenshots of this conversation because I knew that I would maybe make a podcast about it. It's taken me so long because I actually, oh, I thought it was a longer time. It's taken me, I posted it two days ago and I'm, I wasn't sure that I was even going to make a podcast because I couldn't stop crying when I just, every time I think about it, just, it's, it's like a haunting kind of a feeling because as much as you know, we, we have diverse friends and, you know, I have a lot of white friends and I have a lot of people I know that are from different races and things. And I feel like, you know, it's almost like, it's like a twist on your own reality because, you know, I've had friends who have, you know, said the N word and we've kind of joked and in private, we will talk about you know, even me and my husband, it's like in private, well, you know, people are, you know, we're, we're all a little prejudiced, you know, it's something that we're just, we're just, um, socialized that way to think of everything as far as, you know, prejudices, even against blacks, against Mexicans, or, you know, we use all the racial slurs, you know, I remember, I know a, an Italian guy who uh, was my boss. He was really kind of ghetto. He was one of the most ghetto. You know, the funny thing is being black, and we are always kind of positioned as being ghetto people. I've never seen, the most ghetto people I've ever seen were white people. I've never seen such a huge bunch of ghetto white people in my life, which is, it's interesting. I don't, I'm, I don't make any judgments, but he was Italian from New York. He, he, you know, he had rotten teeth. He was very kind of like, you could tell he was on something. He was all constantly sweating, <laughs> sweating profusely. You know, you just know that's something, right? And he once told me um, that the, that the, the um, what you call it, the slang term for Italian is a speck or a spick or something like that. He goes, that's their, um, their N-word. And, you know, since we all... We all know prejudices and behind closed doors. Um, a lot of us, you know, my husband does make a lot of comments about Mexican food and Mexicans cooking food. I don't know. That's his thing. <laughs> he always wants to eat some Mexican food or he'll make a comment to somebody who's Spanish and ask them if they make, you know, if they make food. So it's like, I think that's another kind of stereotype that he thinks all Mexicans know how to cook carne asada. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, but that's my husband's little thing. So I, I I put up a comment string with the screenshots of that conversation. And um, the first person to reply is, you know, my favorite girl, Jocelyn. Um, she says, that is digesting what that man says. But let's get it right. Not all white people look at him as a criminal. I watched the trial every day, pretty much from start to finish. And what the cop did was disgusting, addict or not. That cop had no effing right to kill that man. Cold-blooded murderer. And my response was the care response. 
I told her, I said, I wouldn't be able to watch the trial. Just talking about it and hearing how people are acting behind this man who was murdered makes me feel so sad, so hurt, so in pain that I'm afraid for myself about how it all makes me feel. I can't stop crying just talking about it because it is so traumatizing that I'm not sure if I might, might need to call my doctor because it is bothering me that much. And she said, yeah, it's pretty disgusting. There is a lot of stuff I didn't know happened before, but it doesn't matter. It gives zero right to this police officer that took this man's life from cold blood. That's just all I can think about. <clears throat> I can think about this. Man didn't deserve to die, not for that, and not by this man. Oh, and um, oh, James says, what, what post was this? Oh, I didn't see that. And so, um, uh, okay, so he says, F it. These jagoffs going on you pulling a race card, of course. I've had these same, <laughs> I don't know what this means, but troglodytes question me why I'm defending George Floyd because I'm white. My stance is a human murdered another, period. These arseholes, <laughs> everybody's trying not to curse because Facebook is putting, up, putting us in Facebook jail. <laughs> so he says, these arseholes can eat my unwiped butt after I finished <clears throat> finished $20 worth of Taco Bell. <laughs> Chauvin should get the chair for what he did. His cohorts who did jack shit to stop him should get life without parole in Gen Pop. And I said, I've literally been crying on and off for the last few hours. I can't help it. When I read your response, it made me laugh through my tears. I just can't understand how people could feel this way. I'm no innocent person, but just the thought of how other black people may have felt when their loved ones were lynched in the past or how a family member may feel if they read these kinds of comments just honestly hurts my soul. And my only human response is to sob like I lost my own mother. It's just, I don't know, painful. So he responded with the care symbol. So I then put up a screenshot because I realized that on my post I didn't I didn't put up like which article this was and so my next response was um a screenshot of the actual article and then um I found the link to the actual comment string so that I could post it because I learned how to do that so that they could actually even go to that same comment string and see all the different uh, comments that people were making on it. So my next comment on the comments of my post is this is the link comment string. I cried for about four hours yesterday over just the sheer topic. It's the saddest thing in the world when human beings can witness another human being being murdered and open um, parentheses for me it reminds me of lynchings because people felt it was justified based on the black men were accused of committing a crime close parentheses and people believing they deserved it uh, that because they were criminals it allows them to show no sympathy and just like it's so important that young black children 
open parentheses, or any other race, close parentheses, see themselves reflected in images they see on TV. When I see a black man being killed like that, I think of my father, who was mentally ill, who could have been killed this way, or my older brother, who could have been killed this way, or my husband or son, who could suffer the same fate because people would rather believe that the sum of their lives could be quote-unquote criminal breaks my freaking heart and I have about eight crying emojis with the link at the bottom so James responded he goes of course it's Fox the network with the most narrow-minded viewer base this should give you pause that virtually every other network is reporting the facts George Floyd's murder open parentheses let's call it what it is shall we close parentheses was committed by a racist waste of space he deserves the death penalty and his cohorts should get thrown into gen pop to be dealt with appropriately i responded with the care um response um and then he said again on a second post he goes don't think i'm not going to rip these idiots a new one and i said the love um response so I think that this is one of the last comments on this um, comment string. And it says, and this is from my favorite girl. I'm not going to say her name. Um, OMG, what WTF. This is the type of shit that is a clear indicator of the fact that no matter how much they, open parentheses, as in white folks, close parentheses, want to deny it, systemic racism is legitimate in all caps. Because these deniers continue to uphold it with mindsets they so unapologetically display on comic comment threads like that one. I'm so freaking pissed at that Neanderthal. And she put a little star, hugs, little star. Thanks, because I needed that. I needed a hug throughout this whole ordeal. It's so painful. Anyway. So she goes on to say, this is why I feel we, open parentheses, as in people that look like me, close parentheses, have a responsibility to so that they're exposed to the fault in their ideology from people who look just like them and can't pull the racial dismissal this guy did. Arg. So I responded with the care emoji. And I said to her, I said, I was feeling really depressed after that. Um, and I actually just made this comment today. Um, I guess no matter how much we see it, slash hear it, slash read it, it's just something I can never get used to. It's so hard to understand how people could really, could ever really, in all caps, feel that way. It's just so confusing that at times my heart and my brain just can't take it anymore. Just thinking about it really makes me sad all over again, and it did. I'm like... I was just reading it today and it was still making me cry. I don't know. I feel better knowing I'm not alone and that so many people are trying their darndest to fight this mentality. It just hurts deeper than anyone could ever imagine. So this is the first time I'm seeing her response. She just responded to this 13 minutes ago. She says, I cried when I read it, to be honest. The things that were said to you were heinous, uncalled for, ignorant and hurtful to say the least. While I am well aware of the ignorance people like that douche waffle pedal, 
it's still something that's really uh, all caps upsetting. How can someone think this way about others, right? How can they treat anyone how they treated you? I feel like I'm a big girl, but it hurt. <laughs> um, what is the big, what is the deal with this mentality in which people are automatically deemed disposable because of their race? Or have really broad liberties taken with a victim's character? Yeah because of their race. I feel like so many of us haven't stopped grieving in comments like this. Man's only continue to prolong the trauma, deepening and salting our existing wounds and preventing us collectively from ever healing. I wonder what he does for a living. I know it's like just, it's like, I don't know where these people are, but I, I hope to never ever encounter them in life. And so, um, her last paragraph says, I can't even fathom how much more hurtful it is for you. Sending you love, light, peace, and plenty of hugs. Thank you. I love you, girl. You are a bright light in all of this muck. Just remember that. I try to be. I really do. try to be okay so my response to her was I try to be I really do and thank you, I needed those hugs desperately. So I think this is the hardest comment or conversation that I've had in a long time. I don't know why people are so callous. They are just so um, unaware of the pain that they cause. Or maybe they are aware and they don't care. I feel like, you know, seeing somebody I, I was making I made another um I had another post about I had seen the Uber Eats driver video there was recently an Uber Eats driver who was killed when somebody tried to steal his car and I saw the video and at the end you know you never know what you're gonna see um I saw his dead body laying on the ground and it's like it's haunting something you can't unsee it and so um I think what bothers me is that, you know, when you watch the George Floyd video, you see he's begging, he's begging them to just, you know, to let him, you know, not have him sitting on the ground like that. And literally, we all watched as he passed away because I remember somebody said, well, he urinated, you know, you can see the that he urinated on the ground while they were all kneeling on his on him his body and I feel like that must have been the moment in which he just he died you know because you lose all capacity to hold your um you know to hold your pee in or whatever when you die and so um you know we literally witnessed his murder and the look on Siobhan's face is like he doesn't care he's 
he's addressing the crowd. He's talking to the people. And it's almost as if, I mean, he could have been putting his knee on an inanimate object for all he cared about. He really didn't care about this man, um, this man's life. So um, that that's traumatizing. Just like seeing the dead body of the Uber Eats driver laying on the ground. Just the thought that he's dead now and he was alive uh, at the beginning of that video. And those young girls didn't have a freaking ounce of care about that guy. And now his family has to mourn. I feel the same way about George Floyd. Like to watch one man think so little about this man's life under his knee that he's so busy addressing the crowd that he didn't even care that this is a living, breathing human soul under my knee. So it's like, that's traumatizing to watch. It's traumatizing to see someone care so little about another person. You know, I'm a careful driver because not only do I want to protect myself and my family, but I don't want to hurt anybody else either. That's why I wouldn't drive drunk. That's why I tell my kids don't drive drunk. Don't go out on holidays if you don't have to. Don't be in the streets. Because I love them more than anything else in the world. But at the same time, I don't want anybody else's child to be hurt or mother, brother, sister, anybody. And I'm not the most, I'm not Mother Teresa, you know. I'm just another normal human being. Just another normal human being. And why is it that, you know, there are people out there who proclaim to be other normal human beings, but when they see another human being be killed, they have created excuses in their mind as to why them being killed was not that big of a deal or well they were a criminal or they were no good like who are you to determine someone's worth or value that's just beyond what I could even comprehend and I'm a pretty smart girl so it's just like um if somebody watched my murder on TV, would they now deem me not as valuable as any average human because of whatever is something they speculated about me? I wasn't good enough to be given at least some semblance of sympathy. I don't know. So... That was the one that's kept me from really kind of wanting to even just put recording things like um, a sign of the times. So these are moments in time that will pass, but um, either we're going to immortalize these moments and have them, you know, become important parts of this journey we have in life, my journey I'm having in life, um, but it's important even some of the harder 
the harder conversations that, you know, haunt me, that I do document those too, you know? Um, it is a part of the whole big picture of my life and the conversations that I'm having and the importance that we all either put or don't put on the events of the day. And the George Floyd trial is happening now. I remember when it was OJ, you know, and it's good that we, we saw the court case on TV because we can go back and now that some time has passed, it's like the hindsight, you know, the benefit of hindsight or I remember having a conversation about, um, oh, seven years ago about transgender women who were men going into the ladies restroom and people were afraid that they would rape women. I'm like, where did you get that from? Like who dreamt that up in their mind? that transgender women who were once men would rape women. That makes no freaking sense or rob them or assault them. They were literally beating transgender women when they went to the bathroom. Can you imagine? And now in hindsight, that's never been an issue. It's never been a crime. People were swearing on their mother's graves that if we let transgenders into the women's restrooms that Oh, the crime. I'm like, the crime? Like, who said the transgenders were all criminals? This is just weird. And look at look at today. Now, in hindsight, that was radical. That was just ridiculous to let, believe that. And five years from now, we'll have maybe some greater insight into what we are experiencing today with George Floyd. Look at Colin Kaepernick. I didn't think we would ever co get beyond his struggle and look at sports teams are now realizing that you know they should have they should have listened so these are all the things that I feel are important to document important for us to um, understand the gravity uh, and the importance of these topics and I'm just here doing what I do naturally I'm just I just so happen to be recording it now. I mean, I was, I had the conversation regardless of whether I was going to do the recording. So, um, like I always say, my, my podcast is a reflection, not a production. All right. Until the next conversation. Mm -hmm.